0: This is Rights at Risk, a podcast from the World Organization Against Torture. We explore human rights through stories from the front lines and analysis from experts. I'm your host, Claire Marie Germain. A recent survey of more than 21,000 people in 21 countries across every continent revealed that almost half of the world fears being tortured if they are arrested. They do it to humiliate you. You're not a human being to them, you're an animal. 2023, torture remains a terrible reality in many countries worldwide. Today, as we celebrate the International Day for Support to Torture Victims, we'd like to give the floor to someone who helps torture survivors overcome their trauma. Goran Lukic works as a psychologist for our network member, Freedom From Torture. Based in London, he's regularly confronted to the suffering of refugees fleeing threats to their lives and mental integrity. He tells us how, with in-depth psychological work, one can recover from the worst. I'm an immigrant to England myself, originally from Bosnia, so I suppose one interest for working at Freedom From Torture has been the potential to work with people from all over the world and to be in contact with people from all kinds of cultures and kind of really understand in more depth about uh, what life is like around the world and what kind of challenges people are facing. I think the just the idea of recovery or rehabilitation really appealed to me as well. So um, really trying to become part of a process, trying to become part of something that can help people to recover um, to like look forward again to overcome like really like really awful events and circumstances so i think the hopefulness of that as well had attracted me in brazil 80 percent of respondents to an amnesty commission survey said they feared they would be tortured if detained by police the human rights watch report deals with accounts of torture by the syrian state It's been three decades since more than 150 countries signed the 1984 United Nations Convention Against Torture, but Amnesty International says many of the signatories are ignoring the pledges they made often people who have been tortured um, under such threats of further torture or their life is in danger that they have to flee. So the link between immigration and torture is that oftentimes people have to seek refuge in another country and so as, so what people are dealing with is the, the experience of torture itself but also the consequences of that including all of those losses through having to flee and then all of the challenges that you might be up against when you come to somewhere like England that's got a really a, like a really nasty bureaucracy towards asylum seekers now I'll tell you about the thousands of asylum seekers it's understood there could be 12,000 people involved in this process including those from Afghanistan, Libya and Syria 97% of those who have made a claim uh, for asylum are still uh, awaiting a decision so this is very much a, a slow process yeah, that asylum claim is lodged with the Home Office. People then have a, a series of interviews which they give their evidence about what's happened to them and then the Home Office deliberates about whether someone is going to receive status or not. So whether someone's going to receive a visa or not. One of the particularly wrenching things about it is that often um, with the way that the Home Office functions at the moment or dysfunctions is that people are often waiting for years for any decision to be reached so there's just this total blackness there's this uncertainty and people don't know what's going to happen and in the meantime understandably some people really struggle to connect with their life to kind of because they're, there's lots that they're disempowered by they're not allowed to work um, they're given minimal assistance and so the social Situation that an asylum seeker is put into in England is really bad. We have a colleague who's a horticultural therapist, so she leads um, uh, groups and also individual work. Um, so we have a so in our London centre we have a purpose built um, centre where we see our clients, so there's a garden and so there's work that happens in the garden that allows people to connect with nature, to, to kind of connect with their bodies and, and obviously the whole the whole symbolism of planting things and uh, hope and new life. People who used to be clients uh, at Freedom From Torture who are then continuing to run the um, after they've completed their work and uh, who organize for example creative writing groups Uh, so there is also um, a bread group so where people get together and uh, make bread so for example we have a a music therapist um, in the children young people and families team who um, well does, does music therapy there is there's a whole range of other kinds of activities and Uh, they're not all talking based and I think it's important to have that because not all healing is going to happen through thinking and being cerebral and finding words. Do they want it to remove our sense of individualism, remove our sense of humanity? The experience of torture is it's a very perverse thing because the person that sustains you, keeps you alive, is also the person that's brutalizing you and so there is a perverted intimacy in all of that, something is damaged to the whole feel of connecting with someone. When people experience severe trauma like torture is you might develop a post-traumatic stress reaction that's quite complex, so post-traumatic stress disorder Um, usually is characterized by having symptoms or difficulties in four main areas so that's um, getting intrusions which basically means reliving aspects of the traumatic experiences either through them coming into your head involuntarily or in your sleep Um, another set of symptoms is around avoidance so people having to invest a lot of mental energy into avoiding remembering And being in touch with the pain of what's happened. Um, There is then symptoms relating to hyperarousal, which is basically a heightened physiological state of responsiveness to anything that signals danger. And the last group of symptoms is around negative changes in people's mood and belief system, so becoming depressed and hopeless perhaps. Outside of post-traumatic stress as a syndrome, long-term effects might also include people's identity being really changed, um, there might be quite a lot of shame that people are experiencing and because torture is such a breach of your boundaries uh, trust in other people, especially in situations reminiscent of those experiences of torture can be really really affected so people might need a long time to learn how to trust and how to differentiate something dangerous from benevolent situations Um, another way I would say that you can be affected in the long run that's quite common is people's relationship to their own home country or to authorities or to institutions so if sadly your experience of torture was sanctioned or promoted by your home country or the state in some way then uh, yeah Finding yourself displaced uh, from that society and generally that connection with authority and with being able to consider institutions or states as benevolent or neutral can be really impacted as well. Uh, so, those are some ways. Don't move! Oh if you've survived torture, something really, really horrific and it's very natural not to want to think about it and to want to distract yourself and look forward Uh, so it can be very frightening to ask for help because you know it might involve um, confronting the things that have happened to you and there's a very understandable resistance to that you might need to grieve the people that you've lost uh, whether that's loved ones, family or others you might need to grieve the country that you've lost um, the loss of your former self So there's lots of painful grieving to do, and it can be quite overwhelming to have to do that all at once. Experiencing something like torture, really, really, on a very fundamental level, is an attack on intimacy and attachment. A lot of them tried to commit suicide. There was a few guys in front of us who tried to commit suicide. It's not the best side to see. I mean, and I was only 18 then. I had a panic attack once in my cell. that it's important to give information to kind of take a bit of an educative role about what the impact of trauma is um, how it can be worked with, how people can recover and heal over time. So that first phase is around rebuilding trust and safety. The second phase, if people are ready, if someone's really suffering the effects of trauma and has really bad post-traumatic stress for example we know from now decades of research that one of the most effective things to do is is to help people confront what's happened directly face it through talking and thinking about it together and so that phase is you know variously called uh, trauma confrontation or reprocessing but the main The crux of it is that someone is helped to face what's happened to them and accept all the incredibly painful, distressing feelings that go with it so that experience can be detoxified, de-intensified and so it can find its place in that person's life narrative as something awful that happened but not something that is constantly persecuting them emotionally And the final phase is a sort of reintegration phase, which is a kind of more outward looking thing of trying to reconnect with the rest of the world. Maybe your identity has changed quite a lot. So working out ways of connecting with your community again, a kind of reintegration in the context of immigrating to somewhere else, that obviously takes on the whole new meaning. That's then about learning how to live in the new country, learning what on earth, you know, this new alien culture actually is trying to find a shared language for talking about distress because i'm a white european man i work with people from all over the world and people's notions of trauma psychology recovery healing are all going to differ Uh, so it can take some work to to make sure that we're actually talking about and that we mean the same things when we're saying them